You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Hello, and welcome to SpyCast from the secret files of the International Spy Museum in Washington, D.C. I'm Peter Ernest, the executive director of the museum. I served for some 36 years in the Central Intelligence Agency, largely as what is called an operations officer or a case officer. Every month we'll be bringing you interesting talks with visitors, with authors, and with others who have something to do with the world of intelligence and espionage. My guest today is Dr. Herbert Lin. Dr. Herbert Lin is a leading uh, scientist in this country in the field of cybersecurity, related matters, cyber warfare, cyber attacks. And he uh, produced a report uh, this past April of last year having to do with the subject. As many of you know, I think, uh, the museum itself has added a new gallery on this subject of uh, cyber warfare, cyber attacks. And uh, Dr. Lin is someone we have been in touch with. We have sought his advice. And uh, so I welcome you here today. We're, uh, we will explore this subject, and I realize uh, it won't be exhaustive, but I hope we can touch on the things that are, that are of particular concern. Would you please just describe for me, in, in a few words, uh, the, nature, the nature of this report and I know you served as chief scientist, but can you sort of place it for us organizationally, if you will? Okay. Um, organizationally, uh, this report was produced uh, by the National Research Council, uh, which is a part of the National Academies. Uh, the National Academies operate under the uh, congressional charter given to the National Academy of Sciences uh, to provide advice to the federal government on matters of science and technology that relate to public policy. Um, uh, this study was done under those auspices. Uh, it was funded by uh, the MacArthur Foundation and uh, Microsoft and by internal uh, academy monies uh, itself. Uh, my role in it was that I was the study director of this project. Uh, it was chaired by uh, retired Admiral Bill Owens, who is a former vice chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and uh, uh, former. Uh, Deputy Secretary of State Ken Dam. Uh, those were the chairs of this, and we had a variety of uh, cybersecurity and information technology experts, and a variety of international and, and military type lawyers, uh, and, and so on, to uh, to investigate this subject. Well, as you know, this has been <clears throat> a front burner subject off and on. Uh, President Obama gave a key speech about the subject uh, of May of last year. Uh, I believe Secretary Gates, Department of Defense, then appointed, uh, named someone to head up the military side of this. And I believe just recently, President Obama named someone uh, to also to head up that under the executive branch. 
This is a subject that I think you know it has been a difficult one for many Americans to grasp because it's, it is in many ways an invisible world. We can't see it. We can't count things as easily as we can with military attacks or even espionage when secrets are stolen. What I'd like to do is, is get us right into the subject. Uh, as you and I sit here, the news of the dispute between Google and the People's Republic of China is headline news. Uh, and I'd, I'd just be interested in hearing your comments right off on the nature of the dispute and what you make of it. Well, the uh, press report, I only know about it when I've read in the press, but I read a lot of press uh, on this issue. I haven't investigated it myself. Um, but from what I've been able to, to piece together, the, uh, the issue centers on two particular activities uh, that Google has uncovered. One is the targeting of the email, the Gmail accounts of uh, certain uh, individuals, uh, specifically uh, certain human rights activists uh, in China. Uh, sorry, certain activists, human rights activists who are concerned about human rights in China, not necessarily in China physically. Uh, and the second has been uh, the uh, penetration of uh, various corporations and other entities in the United States to get their intellectual, to get certain parts of their intellectual property, and in particular, their uh, computer codes uh, that uh, help run their, uh, their, their operations. Um, Google says, uh, on some uh, interesting circumstantial evidence, that this is uh, an activity that has been uh, organized uh, by China, uh, but the, the proof that it is tied unambiguously to a decision by the uh, Chinese government to actually conduct these activities, that's missing. Nobody has that, uh, and nobody therefore knows whether it in fact is the Chinese government that is responsible. Um, so there are, as I say, there are circumstantial, there's circumstantial evidence pointing in, in this direction, but at this point it is circumstantial. You know, we <clears throat> were here in the Spy Museum and as a former intelligence officer, and I was involved in both intelligence collection as well as covert action during the Cold War, and I look at this capability, as I understand it, posed by the cyber world, and I think the capabilities of intelligence collection, uh, it, it just, it's awesome. For someone like me, it bestrides anything any of us knew the capability of gaining others, whether it's corporate secrets, military secrets, plans, and so forth, uh, it, it just, it truly boggles the mind. I also think that um, if we consider uh, the capabilities posed by a, the so-called Trojan horse, being able to put something in someone else's computer to affect it, as it were, also poses incredible capabilities in the field of covert action. And I just would ask you, uh, to comment on both the field of collection, espionage as we know it, and covert action. I think that both of those are, are very definitely the, the central issues here, that uh, the, the term used usually uh, regarding uh, the collection of intelligence is cyber exploitation, that is the exploitation of, uh, in, uh, of uh, intelligence uh, assets to obtain information uh, and by cyber exploitation, you mean by do, by using uh, cyber means to get that information. So an interesting example of that uh, might be that, if, for example, you have a Wi-Fi uh, 
Pirate Station here in the uh, in the museum, uh, which you probably do. Most people, uh, most most firm firms do. Um, maybe I could come in and put up an antenna and intercept your traffic, um, and uh, you'd never know that I was doing that. Um, and I could then get all of your sensitive information that you have here. Now you're not a classified organization. There's it's probably harmful for you to get certain business secrets out and, 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 and so on, but it's not going to compromise the national security. Um, if, uh, if you did this over at the Pentagon, um, and if they had a Wi-Fi station there, uh, then uh, if you, you might be able to pick up something interesting. Now, of course, at the Pentagon, they know about this, and so they're not going to do this, or they're going to protect it, or, or something like that. So that's not, that, what I've just said there, isn't a serious threat. Um, but the, the general principle is the same. You put up an antenna someplace, um, and uh, somebody, uh, and you can intercept traffic that gets broadcasted from the, into the uh, into the air, um, and uh, the guy who's broadcasting will never know that you picked it up. So that's a, and if you're able to decode it, um, to understand it, he'll never know that you have it. So that that's an example of, of what you call cyber exploitation. That's the sort of thing that you were talking about. And we do know that there have been instances where the Pentagon and other classified facilities have been hacked into. Absolutely. Not just on the basis of having a Wi-Fi that someone uh, got into with a nice tall antenna, but actually hacked into, meaning someone was able to penetrate their Absolutely right. So for example, one thing that I could do if I were seeking information on a computer, on your computer, for example, is that I could uh, introduce somehow into your computer uh, a little program, you could call it a Trojan horse if you like, uh, that would sniff around your computer and uh, look at all of the words, uh, all of the files in there containing the word nuclear, for example. And then when it found those files, it would just package them up and email them to me uh, at, the, at three in the morning um, to a site that you would, you would never know about. Um, unless, of course, you were monitoring your outgoing traffic. Um, and if you, were monitor, if you were monitoring your outgoing traffic, then you might detect this, but if you weren't, then you, you wouldn't detect this. And, of course, I might know that you were monitoring your outgoing traffic, so I might be able to uh, conceal the fact that there's information outgoing, uh, so that even if you notice information going out, you wouldn't think that it was anything bad, um, anything sensitive. Um, so that's one way you can... That's just one of many, many different ways that you could get uh, information uh, out of your computer um, through the internet, for example, without having this antenna, but having a wire go into your, uh, your, your computer. And what you're describing is spying in its purest form. That's that is taking information from someone and they never know it. That's right. And, and in this case, it's bloodless. That's right. There's no risk of lives and compromises, scandals, and so forth. That's right. That's that's exactly. What right. about the covert action? Now? The covert action part of it is a, a uh, is a different dimension of it. Um, what were the, the term? Of course, the term that you use, covert action, uh, has a particular legal definition within the context of the U.S. government. Um, but I think that what you the 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 layperson's definition of it uh, has to do with things that you do uh, that might be destructive uh, in some way, uh, but that are done secretly. Okay, I think that's the sense in which you originally meant the, the secret meant, action right, the, to influence yeah, things that's elsewhere. That, that's yeah. right. So yeah. for example, um, uh, <clears throat> I might be able to get into your computer and uh, destroy the data on it. Um, I might be able to go into your computer and change some of the data on it. Uh, I might be able to go into your computer and prevent you from using it 
when you wanted to use it. So all of those kinds of, of, of actions, generically what we call cyber attack, um, uh, it are, are things that uh, one could do under this general label of, uh, of covert action. Uh, and so you could easily imagine trying to influence the outcome of an election by hacking the software in an electronic voting machine uh, so that uh, lo and behold, your magic, your, your magically, your candidate wins rather than the guy who was supposed to win the election. Uh, this is not a uh, an example that I know that anybody has considered uh, that we think is, is at all likely, um, but it is a possibility, and, and uh, you just have to ask the the question: Does any nation have an interest in and a capability in influencing the elections in another nation? And maybe the answer to that is yes. In which case, cyber attack gives you a uh, some met some method for for doing so under some circumstances. I should add that uh, in the press, uh, cyber attack usually means both this destructive kind of action and the stealing information kind of, of, of action. So the the public the public discussion usually lumps both exploitation and attack underneath the label of attack. So that's that's a, a caution for anybody who's uh, who, who's listening to it. Nonetheless, your point about covert action is right, uh, and, and there are uh, there there are very many ways of using a, a computer, uh, using the internet to uh, degrade your service, to destroy data, to alter data. Is it is it uh, without putting too fine a point on it? Uh, is it accurate to say that there are, as we sit here, something on the order of tens of thousands of cyber attacks? on this country every day? I think it's fair to... I don't, I don't know... I don't want to say tens of thousands, but there are lots and lots and lots of uh, cyber operations, if you will, that are conducted against us, uh, uh, against the United States, and entities within the United States. Um, now, this includes a variety of things. So, for example, it might include... Uh, Denials of service, where uh, you get uh, where uh, the other guy is trying to prevent you from using your computer properly. Uh, there are uh, lots of players trying to take over your computers so that they can be used uh, by somebody else uh, clandestinely, so that your computer becomes an agent for somebody else, an unknowing, and you become an unwitting agent for some bad guy in uh, Zendia or Albonia. Um, to start using uh, your computer for his purposes, and you'll never know that. Um, there are thousands and thousands and thousands, lots uncounted uh, attempts to gain personal information. In fact, no doubt you have a, at the Spy Museum and at, at my work at the National Academies, we have a spam filter uh, that uh, catches spam mails. Now, a lot of these spams are, uh, are, are advertising um, Viagra and, uh, and pornography, but it's interesting if I go to one of those sites, if I'm interested in, in, in those topics, maybe I might go to one of those sites and pick up a uh, computer virus uh, that might uh, do something bad to my computer and uh, therefore pick up a... Uh, uh, when it does something bad to my computer, I'm now no longer able to use it in the way it was intended. So for example, you may be trying to compromise my computer to use uh, against somebody else, maybe trying to steal information from me, uh, and, and, and so it's all sorts of things. Well, let me ask you, I, I, uh, your report is, is quite formidable. It goes into a number of aspects of, of these 
uh, of these uses of, of the computer. And I know that we are looking as a country at both the offensive and defensive uh, capabilities that, that we can develop. One of the things that comes up is, of course, the extent to which, at this time, uh, computer attack from abroad, let's say, against this country, could actually wreak damage on financial systems uh, or, or one thing or another. And, and there's often reference to uh, what people call the electrical grid, the power grid in our country, which, as I understand it, uh, there is a major power grid or electrical grid on both the East Coast and West Coast and in Texas. And, and I, I know that's a subject that is of great interest to people, and I, I would enjoy your comments on that, that the, the, the possibility that such a thing could happen. What you're talking about, I think, is the, the question of whether or not a cyber attack could uh, do uh, long-term extensive damage to the power grid of the United States. Uh, and and uh, these fears were largely crystallized in, a, uh, in an experiment done by the Department of Energy, I think in 2007 uh, or so, in which they did a cyber, uh, they ran a test in which they did a, conducted a cyber attack on a generator, and the, uh, they caused the generator to go haywire. And the Was this the Aurora that, experiment? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, and, and the uh, generator went... Uh, killed itself because it ran too fast and started to smoke, and you saw pictures of a smoking generator and so on. Um, and that was, an, that was an interesting experiment, and from a cybersecurity standpoint, from, that is from, from, the, uh, from the perspective of experts who followed this sort of stuff before, um, there was nothing new in this. But it was a graphic demonstration of the, the power of this, and, and, and the uh, and movies of this uh, filtered over were filtered around you know, around the, the country very quickly, um, and people paid a lot of attention to, to this particular graphic demonstration. Um, uh, so th that's where the uh, many of the concerns originated is in seeing this particular graphic. Now it's important to understand the nature of the power grid. Uh, it's that there are generating facilities and there are transmitting facilities, transmission facilities, uh, and, and, and so on. And the uh, the whole grid operates in a, in a way that the whole grid is completely synchronized with each other. With each other. And when you uh, flip a switch here in Washington D.C., something happens in, as a result of this um, a, a half a second later in Montreal or something like that. Um, and, and so the the system that controls all of that uh, is the what's generally called the bulk power distribution system. Uh, and the concerns about a cyber attack uh, usually do not focus on individual generators, individual generating facilities, uh, but on the larger uh, on the larger distribution system. Um, and there, there are people who worry about the larger distribution system, uh, and you can make judgments about how likely it is that a cyber-only attack. Uh, could take down this uh, th this grid. Um, my own my own personal judgment uh, about this is that the real issue there happens to be uh, not cyber attacks against the grid so much per se uh, as cyber attacks coupled with physical uh, uh, attacks like uh, bombs and so on that might destroy certain components that are essential for. Uh, transmitting electricity um, across large distances and so on. And these components, there's only one of them in the world, and it's sitting there in place, um, and there's no replacement available. 
um, on the easy time scale. That is, it'll take you six months or eight months or, or a year to get it back. And these guys, maybe, I, mean, I don't know where they're built, but the worst case, maybe they're built in China. Um, I don't think that's actually true, but it might be. Um, but in any case, it'll take a year to replace the, the, the uh, you know, this big block of equipment. Um, and why we don't have uh, replacement, you know, one of those sitting around, um, probably 10, 15, 20 million dollars, uh, but I mean, non-trivial change, but as insurance against a, a cyber-induced, uh, not a cyber attack, but a cyber-induced induced electrical catastrophe, my own personal judgment, strictly personal judgment is, we ought to have some of those sitting around, um, and we don't. Um, so uh, I'm personally not worried so much about a cyber attack alone coming over the internet that takes down our, uh, our power grid, um, uh, but rather a cyber-assisted attack that might enable somebody to help destroy some of these components. And maybe the, and, and it is known that the best way, to, the most effective way to destroy some of these guys is with bombs and, and explosives, and, and so um, that would be in, that. That to me is sort of the the, the bigger threat. The um, and of course we've seen in the few instances we've seen so far that we know of where it appears that that cyber has been used in an attack. I'm thinking of of when we first went into Iraq ourselves, and we had, we we wanted to quote blind uh, Saddam Hussein. And when the Russians went into Chechnya, and more recently, uh, the attack in Estonia, I believe, uh, these were these were cyber attacks. But other things were going on, political pressure and so forth. In the case of Chechnya, obviously, and Iraq, uh, uh, essentially a military situation. So there was was force, military force in the sense combined with the use of cyber power, if you want. And that's what you see as as a that's right. I think that's that's where that's where to me that's where the rubber meets the meets the road on, on, on this. And if you're going to worry about cyber, uh, you should. I mean, don't, I don't, I don't want to misstate the case. You should worry about cybersecurity a lot. Um, uh, but it's the it's cyber in conjunction with some other other physical kinetic action um, that uh, really poses the the threat rather than just uh, just cyber alone kind of kind of thing. I don't want to rule that out. I mean, it's it's possible sure. that a just cyber yeah. alone thing could do it. But to me, the more interesting and more much more plausible case is cyber in connection with something else. Let me uh, you've you've uh, uh, had recourse to your personal view through the conversation. Let me just ask you: um, Do you feel that we as a country are moving quickly enough today to deal with things like the ongoing cyber attacks and the cyber phenomenon as we face it? No, um, and that is not just my personal opinion. I think we can I can point to a variety of, of reports issued by the Computer Science and Telecommunications Board, for which I work, uh, over the past several years, uh, past decade or so, uh, which point out vulnerabilities and, and the, ur the need for urgent action and, and, uh, and, and so on. Um, so no, we're not moving in the, in the direction of greater cybersecurity fast enough. Um, and uh, the knowledge base that we have uh, for dealing with it is inadequate. Well, Dr. Lemon, it's been a pleasure talking to you, and thank you so much for joining us today. Given the nature of the subject, I want to leave the invitation open because I think we'd very much like to have you back because I think there are going to be more phenomena like the current Google-China standoff. That's great. Uh, let me 
refer to explicitly in this podcast to the report that we did on cyber attack, please, please uh, which the, the title of which is Technology, Policy, Law, and Ethics Regarding U.S. Acquisition and Use of Cyber Attack Capabilities. Um, and you can go take a look at it at uh, www.nap.edu. Oh, that's terrific. It's not classified anyway. It's available on the Internet. And that has that, that touches on a number of subjects you've touched on here today. That's right. Well, thank you so much again. Well, we look forward to uh, continuing uh, this dialogue with you. And uh, we'd like to know if you have any comments or questions on today's SpyCast, uh, you can get in touch with us uh, through email at spycast at spymuseum, that's one word, dot org. That's spycast at spymuseum.org. Thank you. Hi, everybody. It's Maria Varmazas here, your host over at T-Minus Space Daily, and sometimes a guest on Hacking Humans, too. We here at N2K CyberWire work hard to bring you concise, intelligence-driven news and commentary, and we'd like to know how we're doing. Please take a few minutes to complete our audience survey and share your feedback to help us continue to grow and meet your needs. Visit cyberwire.com slash survey. That's cyberwire.com slash survey to get started. Thanks so much for your input as we reach for the stars. It means the universe to us.